D. Lou, what do you think you'd run in the forty? Probably like a seven eight. <laughs> seven eight. Are you pulling blow. up any? You pulling up at like a twenty five? Think I'd blow my Achilles like about twenty eight yards in, give or take, and have to limp <laughs> to the finish line. Hey guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dolls. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, aka E Dub, in the house. So we're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go live, go nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, go nose. This is Terrell Fuckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. Great Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I, I could wake up to that greedy every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go no. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What's happening, guys? This is Logan Robinson from here. The Spear presented to you by NoGamey.com. You're here live on a wonderful, fantastic, special edition Sunday evening show. It is one of the best times of the year. It all just got wrapped up in Indianapolis where Florida State had a dominating and really impressive showing at the NFL Combine, as expected. And we were previewing this all throughout uh, the last couple of months, it feels like, after the season ended, but expected some freaks from Florida State to show out and show out they did. And a lot of chatter, a lot of discussion, NFL stars reacting to it. We even had Patrick Mahomes reacting to Braden Fisk's 40-yard dash. So Florida State was talked about everywhere, which was uh, obviously a great time for the fan base to also get a little bit more triggered about what happened and them not getting an opportunity in the college football playoff. But that's all we're going to spend the night on is all on the NFL Combine. All three of us on here are really big fans of it nonetheless. And just to have this amount of FSU players there and the caliber of those players, it was super fun to cover uh, the last four days. But with me this evening is Austin Beasy, our lead basketball writer at the top. And down below is our editor-in-chief, D. Lou, Dustin Lewis. Gentlemen, happy Sunday. And we're not used to doing a little Sunday show like this. How are we doing? Doing good, yeah. It's a little little weird hopping on here on Sunday, but I think it's fitting after the last couple of days and what we've seen in Indianapolis to hop on here and um, showcase some of these guys that really improved their draft stock over the last couple of days and you know some Seminoles that showed that freak athleticism that we saw at times during the 2023 season. The NFL Combine is always a fun time. You know, the the sports nerds in us come out. We're all, we're all reacting to some of these clips and – there, there was definitely some clips out there. Where everyone's going, oh, okay. I, I see what Florida State's talking about down there. So it was good to see some positive momentum around Florida State again. It was good to see Coach Norvello on Twitter involved with all these clips as well. Um, just a fun weekend overall for almost every prospect. It's fun for you and me too, VZ, because we're also looking at this for what we think are going to be some guys we're adding to our team. Yep. You know, for you in yep. Minnesota – Pittsburgh for me, but just to see nonetheless these FSU guys do what they do because, you know, Dustin, we got to see a lot of these guys early on and practices when they arrived and transferred like Johnny Wilson, you know, people were like wondering, you know, how fast can that guy really be? And, you know, what is his range? And you know, we got to see him firsthand. And 
he's a freak athlete. And then you, all the fans get to see him out there in, in games. So you see that. But then whenever you're just defined on an NFL scouting combine like this, where they're tracking everything imaginable, your drills, your 40, your vert, everything imaginable, and you get to see these guys perform. It, it was it, it's super fun to see it on this kind of layer, honestly. Yeah, I think um, getting to see it like this, like we see it in practice all the time. You know, like you said, Johnny Wilson, but Jared Verse, Trey Benson. But then to put them on a stage like this and get to see them test against their peers and, um, you know, see those opinions reflected at the NFL Combine, uh, it's it's been a pretty cool couple of days. But, you know, how just how well some of these guys have really performed. Uh, let's, uh, we can kind of just start. I was going to say in chronological order before we get going though, as always, you can listen to podcasts on iTunes, Google play Spotify. If you're on YouTube right now, smack that like button, make sure you're subscribed to over there on Apple podcasts, Spotify. So you, uh, get notified every time we release a new episode this week, we're going to specifically be having two episodes for you guys. So we're recording now on Sunday evening, and then we're going to have another one on Wednesday and we're going to be previewing into some spring camp stuff as well, along with having, one of these guys here that had a really good showing uh, on as a guest with us on Wednesday evening that I think a lot of FSU fans will be excited to hear from him. But uh, that one's going to be a good one. So make sure you're notified. Make sure you're subscribed so then uh, you don't miss out on that interview that we have on Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. Well, let's get started. Let's start off with number one. You know, when we go back to Thursday and look at a few of these guys and we'll kind of integrate to some interviews because we had a lot of good interviews from all of these Knowles. but just just on the field though to start off with i i thought we'd go jump right over to Braden fisk and his performance that he put together and in front of the country you know he was having a lot of buzz he gained a lot of buzz there near the latter half of that 2023 season uh, what he did with Florida against Florida, and then obviously his performance in Charlotte and that ACC championship. Uh, but you know, he had chatter from scouts, senior bowl too. He had a great showing there. But whenever you run a time that he did in uh, <laughs> in Indianapolis for his size, uh, it's going to garner a lot of attention. Uh, for Braden Fisk, a four seven eight forty. Did I did were we did y'all have any kind of projections of that to be the case for this guy? Because I don't think we even asked him about it whenever we had his interview a couple weeks ago. I think I texted you before he ran. I, I said something like four seven five, and I mean he was just he was a hair off there at the end. Yeah. But we knew Braden Fisk has some speed. I mean we saw him throughout practice. You know, always racing Mike Norvell throughout the season chasing guys down you look back at that senior bowl game as well you know there was a play where he was able to chase a receiver down on the outside after starting at that defensive defensive tackle position so i mean he's someone that does have that athleticism and also just you know that hustle and the effort that he puts in every play but i mean then to go out there and run a four seven eight at the combine at 200 and i think 292 pounds and finish a number one among the defensive tackles in the 40 yard dash I mean, that, that puts it at a whole nother level. So he wasn't only just number one for defensive tackles. He was fifth ever for defensive tackles in 40-yard dash at 478. I, I, we all expected him to be quick because you saw it on tape, especially in that Louisville game. I didn't see that quick, to be honest with you. Um, but he was not only in the 40-yard dash, but like even in drills. There, there's that one clip 
flying around where he's coming off the edge of one of the the tackle dummies and the, yeah. and the coach behind him is like, oh my God, he's fast. <laughs> cool. um, but he was just athletic as all get out, all event. I mean, it wasn't just this. He did well in the broad jump. He did well in the vertical. He probably wasn't as strong with the bench press as many people probably would have wanted. But I mean, 26 reps is fine. Um, he was phenomenal. I don't think there's any former Noel at the combine that did more for their draft stock this weekend than Braden Fisk did. I think like, for bench press, he makes up for it in the film, which well, he works with the offensive line. Yeah. Like Austin said about the drills, I mean, did you did you guys see the bag drill? I don't know if we're able to pull that one up, but I mean, he yeah. just made it look he made it look stupid. It was the quickest bag drill that I've ever seen, and I mean, I think I don't I don't know. It was it was just insane how quick he moved through that one, and then the next guy came up, and I mean, man, the way Braden dominated that drill, he made the next two or three guys in line just look absolutely awful. They put it next to Aaron Donalds, and I think Fisk was just a hair quicker, and everyone's like, oh, okay. And speaking of that, I think I want to say his was it his three cone was actually quicker than Aaron Donald's, um, which we all know Aaron Donald's arguably the, one of the fastest defensive linemen ever played. So, anytime you're in that conversation, it's a good thing. There we go. I've got it up on the uh, on the screen here now. But this is Braden Fisk in the four bag drill. He was just breezing through this. I've never seen a defensive <laughs> lineman go this fast. Just so great with his technique, tight. In a good way, thinking is going, but this one Aaron Donald here, and obviously they've changed it up just a little bit since Donald was going through the combine. But I mean, you can just tell how quick of a feat Fisk has, and you know, like I said, he I don't think any player has done more for their draft stock than he has this weekend. He went from you no know, by the end of the season, he was probably like a fourth, fifth round pick. Now, I don't even know if he gets 10 picks into the second round. He's just done so much for his draft stock. It's insane. And, I mean, you're hearing the NFL Network analysts all talk about Braden Fisk as this combine performance is going on. And I, I think it's Daniel Jeremiah not only has Fisk on his top 50, but now um, was talking about he might even be able to sneak into that first-round scenario. And when we're talking about a guy who played six seasons at the college level and is sub-300 pounds, I mean, man, the rise that Fisk is on, um, really just shows how special of a player and person he is. I'm gonna pull up this 40 real quick. Let's take a let's take a look at this 40 from uh, Braden Fisk, where he practically shocked. You know, kind of just got the combine started, and that's being someone that just loves the combine no matter what. Definitely the 40 yard dash, but to see a four to say Seminole of this size and the speed was phenomenal. And a little bit of commentary too from Braden. We'll listen in here. Nice, he's, he's moving. One six eight. Oh yeah! Oh, seven, eight. I love yeah. the oh yeah. I think he knew he did well. I think oh, he, he said, knew. Oh yeah, as he crossed the finish, didn't he? Did I hear that properly? That was strong. Oh, he hundred percent knew. Oh yeah. Let's hear it. Great form, great start, good get off. Oh yeah. Yeah. Do 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 do. A little bit of a Ryan Barto nod right there. Yeah, oh, yeah. It might have been. Yeah, that might have been. Hey, now, I think he knew he did well. Braden Fisk. <laughs> but too, like you know, going back, you go back to like the Clemson game too, where Kalen popped and and got that fumble recovery against Klubnik. Who's who's running stride with stride stride on stride with him? It's Braden Fisk. Who's running against all the guys in practice against Mike Norvell? It's Braden Fisk. You know that. There was no shocker that he had the, the athleticism, but just to see how hard he trained and, and did a great job in this combine, like you said, VZ, he 
he's he's rocketed up on some draft boards and there there's some certain teams that might have some high interest in him uh you know i i think too it would just be really rough to have him in black and gold up there in pittsburgh it would really really be rough for me uh, if that were to happen um so there, there's a lot of these guys that uh i, I think fsu <clears throat> just in black and gold would be really well but uh we got a long ways to go in this combine recap but um Two, uh, giving some love from Max Crosby, too. Got some love from Max Crosby. Cam Jordan, star of the New Orleans Saints, was recruiting him a little bit there. I don't know if tampering is real or not, but, you know, Max Crosby, though, showing some love. Max Crosby is one of the w- most well-respected players in the league right now defensively, as he should be, one of the best pass rushers right now. Um, but to show some love from those two stars, that some veteran uh, defensive linemen, really, really cool to see. And I believe when Braden was on here, he even mentioned uh, Max Crosby yeah. as someone that he, that he looks up to. So I'm sure to get that appreciation uh, was pretty cool for him. And, you know, it, it just shows what he did to go out there and impress some of the NFL stars that are watching. Uh, Braden Fisk, he's going to go off the board a lot sooner than I think people were uh, thinking a couple of months ago. And, you know, he's got some more chances here and at interviews and, and pro day to continue to – boost his stock but i think i think teams know at this point you know you're not only getting someone who's a great player on the field but you're also getting someone who's going to be a quality person in the locker room as well and that's just as important yeah well unfortunately for you logan uh minnesota picks about nine picks before y'all in the in the second round and good lord did the vikings need interior defensive line help if they can get a quarterback in the first round and fisk in the second uh, that's a home run for me to be honest and it, I, I don't know if he makes it to 42. Yeah, picks. There's, just, there's so many teams in those late 20s and early 30s that want and need interior defensive line help and someone that could push the pocket like Fisk does. Those don't come around very often. Now you're co- combining that with the athletic testing he had this weekend where he's just off the charts at almost every single drill. Um, it, a lot of teams are going to be on the board there early in the second round going, man, I don't, I don't think we can let this guy fall any further. No. There's a video here. They I love the comparisons where they go back from years ago or currently, and they showed here in a simulation of Braden Fisk versus Patrick Mahomes, and Braden Fisk beats him by .02 and the 40, and Patrick Mahomes was tweeting some stuff as well. You've got Tavon oh, Gray Sweat back there. He's back there, yeah. Which, honestly, for his size, running 5-2 is kind of impressive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I have the best player and all of football. Not that he was maybe showing him love, but he was a little embarrassed by <laughs> Brandon Fisk beating him with that 40 time, but hilarious stuff. Absolutely awesome. And got a lot of love. And uh, I think the NFL broadcast was just basking, basking over Fisk. So yeah, he's going to shoot up some boards and really interested to see how quickly he goes, man. I mean, Daniel Jeremiah, it was a Daniel Jeremiah who put him in his top 50 already before the NFL mm-hmm. combine, or am I thinking another of another? Yeah. Well, you're right. That's what I was talking about before. Like he was already in that top 50 and now he's talking about potentially on the cusp of being a first round pick. Yeah. I mean, and come on, man. You uh, can go stuff. to there's NFL mock draft database, which combines a whole bunch of big boards and mock drafts together. And right now he's a 59th ranked player. Wow. And I'm sure that's going to change a lot these next couple of days as people update these rankings after the combine. Mm-hmm. And he told us too, he's not a big social media guy. He doesn't do all that kind of stuff and whatnot. And, uh, 
you know, I, I think him and, and just the way he presents himself too. an older guy too, a, a veteran guy in, in college football. And uh, he, he represents himself. Well, he represented Florida state well in his one year at FSU and um, yeah, good stuff there from Braden Fisk. And it's going to be super fun. I mean, like we're just gearing up for what is going to be a hell of a night when we go into first into that first round in April of the NFL draft. Some things could happen here with uh, maybe a handful of Knowles. We'll see. Uh, let's go over to Jared Verse, who, you know, like you were saying earlier, Dustin, when we first saw Jared Verse arrive in Tallahassee, we knew this was a different specimen. This, this guy is a different animal. And just to see this go up to Indy now and see it perform is super fun. But uh, starting off with the 40 here, I'll bring it up here for you guys to watch on the stream. But here's Jared Verse in his first or in his actual second 40. I didn't know that Jared Verse would run again. He must want to try and get down the four fives. I, I might have posted that four six and been good. Way better start. There it is. You know, every one hundred four five nine hey, Jared Verse on his run. I didn't know that Jared Verse would run again. Forty, and I was also a little shocked by him wanting to run a second one as well. But he must have had some times in the bank previously where he was training that he was in that uh, sub. <clears throat> four six kind of range for him and sure enough he, he cleans it up a little bit gets a little bit of a better start and uh he looked he looks good for that size too as well yeah unofficially coming in at a uh four five eight tied for fourth among uh defensive ends and you know this was a chance for verse to come in and really cement his first round status with some elite testing and I think you saw that, you know, with the 40, but you also go to that bench press, which I'm sure mm -hmm. we're going to talk about. Number one among defensive ends, five more reps than any other defensive end. I think he was number two if you add in the defensive tackles as well. So really showed off his strength. 35-inch vertical, 10-foot, um, 7-inch broad jump, 7.31-second three-cone and a 4.44-second shuttle. So, I mean, he was just all over it really showcase the speed and the athleticism, the ability to bend that you were able to see at Florida State. And I think now with what he was able to put out the combine, you combine that with his projection or his um, his production the last two years at Florida State and what he did at Albany, uh, he really put himself in that range to, you know, be that first to third defensive end off the board. Yeah, I was going to bring up that 20-yard shuttle at 4-4-4. Combine that with 31 reps in the bench press. That's a – Damn good defensive end prospect or edge prospect, whatever people want to call him these days. And, you know, we see the numbers right here compared to Will Anderson Jr., very comparable. Um, I don't think there's any reason he'll be further than the second defensive player off the board, second or third if if one of those corners ends up going high. But he did everything he needed to do to, to cement himself as a top, you know, 15, 16 pick. Yeah, his whole thing for this, this week was just to – do what do what you know you can do. Like he, this guy was already gonna he already had enough film on it, but just to put a couple good numbers together and just solidify himself, like you said, there of cementing it. BZ running in the four fives really is crazy. Running the four fives is crazy. I said running the four fives is crazy for his size. You know, yeah. I think he mm -hmm. I think he weighed in just a hair under two sixty and at almost six foot four. Four or five speed is crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 254. He trimmed up a little bit from what he was playing at uh, last year, which I like him trimmed up a little bit. I think he's better in the pass rush, but, you know, he's got that power too. You know, that's what a lot of the scouts and 
everybody's looking at is what power he brings. But, you know, I, I think for some speed too, people forget about that. And it's because of the size, the numbers of his size right there, six, three, seven, eight, and then 254 pounds running a four, five, eight is it's wild, but it's funny too, because uh, Jordan Travis, Trey Benson, and also Jared verse all throughout their careers. I've always had that chatter of who's faster and, We'll get to Trey Benson's number here, which is, yeah, it's going to be fun to talk about. But Jared Verse did allow Trey Benson to get that 40-yard uh, win on him. But he did say, though, Jared did admit that uh, he, he doesn't think he's – he doesn't think Benson's faster than in the plane – on the playing field, though, with pads on. Hey, it's still it's still a lot closer than I think some would think when you're thinking Verse at 254 and Benson came in at uh, – was it two? 214, something like that, 216. So, I mean, a, a, about a 40-pound difference between the two, and you got Verse at 458 and Benson at um, 438. I mean, that's that's not too crazy. But and he's faster size, than any player in Miami. For the size, I mean, man. I was waiting for the Miami shots to happen. Thank you, Beasley. They're coming. The they're coming. There'll be more. <laughs> Were there Miami players at the combine? Apparently, they didn't do too well. I uh, should have saved everything for the pro day down there in South Florida. The Jared Verse, um, they were calculating the relative athletic score of every player throughout the weekend. And basically it's a score based on the athletic testing that compares players by com- by position to their peers over previous drafts. And Jared Verse um, came in 78 out of 1,637 defensive ends from 1987 to 2024. So a really impressive showing at that combine. And, and that kind of takes into account not only the testing, but then also the measurements as well. And it just really shows the elite athlete that uh, Jared Verse is. Yeah, both two, you know, Jared Verse talking to the media. And that was, was the theme of every FSU player. They're just giving a lot of love to Mike Norvell, the staff, strength and conditioning. You know, they did a really – good job of, uh, of paying the respect back to to florida state and making that run to a lot of reporters asking about the college ball playoff and stuff and we'll talk about jordan travis here and giving a health update here in a minute but a lot of guys giving a lot of love for what the program has put together there and what mike Norvell has been able to do yeah it was a i think this really the whole weekend was a josh storm showcase and um, really speaks well to what Florida State does strength and conditioning wise throughout the offseason and into the season as well, because we've heard Mike Norvell talk about it. We've heard Josh Dorms talk about it, but these guys don't leave the weight room once the season begins. They're lifting throughout the year. And I think that just uh, speaks to the power that was uh, really on display. I did love seeing all the guys saying built by storms when with mm-hmm. their own uh, combine highlights. Just a, just a good example of how how established the culture is in Tallahassee you now. Yeah, and we've heard it from so many of these guys that have come on here and talked about them. You know, the last rounds of interviews we've had, they give a ton of love to Coach Storms, and uh, they still don't miss tour of duty whatsoever. But, you know, it, it polishes you up a little bit. And, you know, even, you know, Braden, Jarian, you know, they, their last couple of workouts before the combine said, you know, they're not as tough as what we had to go through. And um, it, it prepares you very well. And we've seen that just not only like this combine, but and games alone. Uh, let's go over to Fabian Lovett. Fabian Lovett didn't do a lot of the testing here. Didn't do a 40 and didn't do uh, didn't a do lot any of the other testing, really, at he, all. He really just did the on-field drills and the uh, the measurements. Yep, yep. He was just doing some doing the drills. 
on there. But um, thoughts on thoughts on Fabo? You know, there's some few things he probably might want to clean up. But other than that, you know, for his, his size, I think too him recovering still from that injury just to see him out there being able to perform and do that kind of stuff on his leg was big for him uh but uh, a, a nice showing from fabo too up there in india i think the important thing for him was the medicals and you know that's obviously not something that we're going to be privy on but teams getting a chance to really uh take a look at him and you know understand why he missed some time over the last two years and hopefully that's not something that's going to hinder him as he makes that move to the professional level but, you know, also coming in at six foot three, seven eights, and 314 pounds, had really good size out there. Up and down performance, I thought, in the drills. And, you know, it's going to be important going into pro day. He was talking about it when he was on here for his interview a couple of weeks ago that he's been training for that 40 yard dash and everything. I think coming out and having a, a solid showing at pro day is going to be really important for him. Yeah, you could tell he was pretty stiff in some of those drills, like especially. Um... I don't I know what to call, but but the one where they lay down on the ground first and they have to jump up, he looked really stiff in that. Slipped once or twice. You can tell he's getting over some leg injuries and hopefully has a little bit better showing at his pro day. I still think Next. he's going to be like a like a sixth, seventh round kind of guy. I don't think anything's changed that. Mm, yeah. Uh, next up, D'Lo. We're going linebacker here. Both him and Tatum Bethune performed here. Uh, kind of a select handful of things that Tatum Bethune participated in, but Kalen Deloach here, 40 yard dash. Let's take a look at his right here, which I think going back to that Clemson game, you could probably see the speed a little bit, but uh, you know how fast he can move east to west on the field. We saw that throughout his career at FSU just because too, he's, He's not the biggest size linebacker, too. So one thing he's got to take advantage of is is his speed, and this is what he put together at the 40. First run was a 4.55, and then unofficially for his second run, he ran a 4.47. Thoughts on on D'Lo here, man. I thought that he – I thought he had at least on field and then also to the 40-yard dash. I thought that out. He, he did a good job for himself up there in Indy. Maybe measurements is going to be something that will hurt him a tad bit. But other than that, you know, he, he showed what he needed to show. And he, that, that speed is ridiculous. Good for him on the 40. Like you said, I think the knock comes in his measurements. You know, came in sub six foot, 5'11", five 5'11", five and 4'8". So about, about half inch off from being six foot. Did come in at 210 pounds. So that's up from... Uh, that weight that we had for the the East West Shrine Bowl. So, I mean, that's at least a little bit of a, a positive development. So with those measurements, he really need to show well in that athletic testing with the four, four, seven, 40 yard dash number two among linebackers. I thought he was able to do yeah. just that and had some moments in the on field drills as well. So when you couple that with the production and the way that he was able to continue to improve year after year at Florida state, you know, I think there's still some really positive stuff about him as he moves into the NFL uh, level yeah i think his size is really going to hurt him i wouldn't be surprised to see some teams maybe try to see if he wants to play safety you know he runs quick enough in the four fours and at 511 you know 210 i wouldn't be surprised if that's where teams are leaning um and but it doesn't help that his vertical jumps only 30 inches i thought he could have had a better showing there his size and we'll talk about it with tatum too but the size of fsu's linebackers i think is going to hurt him when it comes draft time to Mm-hmm. see whether or not they get drafted. I think it's really up in the air for those two right now. Yeah, let's jump over to 
Tatum Bethune too because I uh, didn't participate in a lot of things except for going over there and doing the bench pass, which he recorded 16 reps. Um, another guy too that was dealing with you know injury and surgery too, so recovering there and might be saving some things for the pro day. Probably a handful of these guys will be doing a lot more at pro day. We're seeing that kind of becoming a big trend anyways. Uh, but definitely for some guys still dealing with some injuries from this past season. A lot of those guys playing with injuries in the season uh, had to do some cleanup stuff and, and get some surgery. But uh, Tatum Bethune uh, came in 5'11 and a half uh, and then 229 pounds. Um, but those those are the two linebackers that were performing up there for Florida State. Thoughts on Bethune? Yeah, another one where measurements are, are really going to hurt him here. And, you know, we didn't get to see him take part in the athletic testing, but another one where I thought, you know, up and down in some of that field work. And it's going to be important now to get to Florida State's pro day and hopefully he's able to run that 40 and do some of that other athletic testing because that was a, that was one of the main reasons that he missed the Orange Bowl. You know, underwent a procedure there, a lower body procedure, sometimes towards the end of the season. And, might not have been quite a hundred percent yet to do these drills at the combine, but still has another, you know, three or four weeks until Florida State's pro day, and hopefully we'll be able to participate then. And if we go back to the relative athletic scores that Dustin was talking about earlier, nine of these guys that FSU had did enough to qualify for these scores. Kalen was very clearly the lowest rated of the guys, just just under the sixes. Everybody else was eight point five and up, basically. But a lot of that was due to his size. Um, with Tatum, it's it's he didn't really do enough to to make me go one way or the other with how she feel about his combat performance. He just didn't really do enough, and uh, I think the pro day is going to matter a lot for how the draft's going to go for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Daniel Jeremiah giving some love though to Delo, saying Kalen Deloach, he's had a day, he's rolling. So impress the broadcast crew there, and definitely if you're talking about Daniel Jeremiah. Uh, one of the top NFL draft analysts go, showing some love there to D'Lo. So I uh, was pretty impressed from what he was putting out there on the field up there in Indy. Up next, we're about to go to some speed here. But before we go to that, though, I want to bring up uh, some Jordan Travis stuff. He was there, gave interviews, as we know, still recovering from his surgery as well. Uh, big health update, though. He told the media that he will be hopefully, you know, 100% back on the field, everything going right for him, May, that May, June area range for him. So uh, definitely, of course, well after the NFL draft, but you're talking about getting around that range for where he can get to some mini camps and stuff or whichever team elects to draft him. But that's that's some good news there. And also, too, Trey Benson talked about him as well. They got to see each other for the first time in a while. They say they catch up all the time over text on a day-to-day basis, but I said he almost teared up when he saw Jordan Travis out of that boot. So some really good progress there for Jordan Travis. Jordan Travis also, too, telling the media that he's really excited about Florida State next year and watching them win a lot of games. But some good stuff there about Jordan Travis, uh, just because we didn't get to see him perform there. But obviously he did you know, get to meet with some teams. He says he's probably met with about all 32 of them all throughout this kind of offseason, alluding going into – the combine so a lot of teams interested in qb1 a lot of teams already do their due diligence and do their homework anyways but you know jordan travis uh, there's some quarterbacks that we've seen 
and past years that you know don't get drafted so early but end up getting a, a chance to start and just maybe just getting a chance is something that Jordan Travis can take advantage of but uh, some good stuff there from from Jay Trav in the latest update yeah even though he wasn't able to participate still good to hear that he's still on that uh, similar recovery track that he kind of talked about back the there control, the... control I've learned that throughout my life and throughout my career um, all right so, I mean, I just try I'm to just keep my head down, try not to listen to the outside noise. I mean, it's really this loud, State team was really special. It is. I don't hear anything. Oh, that's pretty loud. <laughs> no, I don't hear anything. Jordan Travis cut me off. It's, oh, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good to hear he's on that recovery track, you know, back like what we heard during the East-West Shrine Bowl. He was talking about the, the May-June timeline. It seems like he's going to be able to um, be back and able to participate by the time uh, teams start – uh, training camp there towards the end of the summer. And, man, you know, even though Jordan wasn't able to to participate, it does sound like he's on some NFL radars, and I don't think it's going to be a surprise to anyone when uh, some team ends up picking him in, in that back half of the draft. I think, you know, sixth, seventh round area, maybe he gets up there into the fifth if someone's really impressed with his medicals and the way he's coming along. But I don't think there's any doubt that he's going to end up getting selected. I agree. I don't think there's anything really more to add on other than I love how his NFL combine number was still number 13, which is just goes by alphabetical order for the yeah, I know, right? Position groups. Just thought, thought it was pretty fitting. Yeah. yeah. Also, what's up with some of these questions, though? I mean, some of those questions, some of these questions I've seen have been out of pocket. Like the NFL is just giving credentials to anybody, apparently. <laughs> Who was at these comp? Like someone in this uh, J Trav scrum was just screaming at him, like, Jordan, what was your injury? Well, just screaming it at him over and over again until he finally answered. And then there was also, I was watching Keon's. And someone was asking him, do you think airplanes are real? I mean, a lot of people got asked if birds are real. That was The responses for that were pretty funny. And then there was Romo Dunze who, asked, who was asked if he could land a plane in an emergency <laughs> situation. And he said, absolutely not. We're all going to die. That was pretty funny. That was good. I think it was the same guy probably who asked Keon if airplanes are real. But I mean, that, what, yeah, we traveled all the way to Indianapolis to ask about birds and fucking planes. What are we doing, know. man? What are we doing? We're not dialed. We're not dialed. We're not dialed. But um, I guess it creates for you to get some good engagement. I saw what Caleb Williams, the first question that he gets nailed with is, are you scared to compete or you just, uh, just don't want to compete or whatever? And just yells at him. Hey, like, like, what are we yeah, doing? The way he asked it, it was like, come on, man, you're better than that. Yeah. I mean, at least I would hope so. But no, it makes journalists, makes us look like we're freaking fool. I mean, we are fools, but it makes us look more even more like fools but uh yeah but the good stuff i, li I like hearing the update from j trav you know it seems like rehab is going well for him you know he's been posting some stuff on his socials you know keeping everybody up to date on how things are going for him so it'll be huge once we start getting some 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 footage of him getting out there getting some cleats on him being able to run will be massive uh interested to see what that timeline looks but he had those meetings with a lot of those teams had to go do through all that medical stuff as well so they got the answers that they need and it seems like from the previous update that we had from jay travel a little while back though things were looking good and um heading in the right direction uh speed time speed time and we're gonna go to someone that was just on the show with us not too long ago and we're gonna go over to jarian Jones, Jarian Jones, man. Uh, he told us, he, he, he told, told us, us in the production meeting, man. He told us, uh, beforehand, I thought we had asked him on the show, but I went back and looked back, but we did, he didn't say it on there. But 
He said he was going to run that four three range, and I was like, damn, for real? Because no, the way he worded it, the way he worded it before the show, he's like, I'm gonna let y'all in on a little secret because he didn't want to tell everybody. He's like, I ran four four eight with no testing or with no training. I think I can get in the four threes, and sure enough, I I didn't think he was gonna get there. I thought he was gonna get like four four two maybe, but he flew. Dude, he did. He did fly. I'm gonna bring it up here on the screen, but an official four three eight for Jarian Jones, man. I'm so ex I'm so excited and happy for him. Uh, you know, if you guys haven't, yeah, I'm just gonna keep on telling everybody go back and listen to that interview. He gave us 45 minutes of just good shit. But here's Jarian Jones four three eight Indianapolis. Jarian Jones. It's gonna be a Moving. Jarian Jones. It's gonna be a Moving, man. Bye-bye. I, I, I did not think that was going to happen. I did not no. have that on my bingo card at all. You know, I thought he was just just messing with us and maybe doing some, you know, just on the stopwatch, uh, doing his camp right now with training. But he held his word, man. Held his word. 4-3-8 from Jarian Jones. Uh, we'll, I'll bring up Bernardo Green here in a minute. But I thought Jarian Jones had uh, a really nice – Indianapolis NFL scouting scouting combine for himself. And a lot of people overlook Jarian. They still kind of do. Maybe this kind of gave them a little bit of uh, an alert, a little bit of a notice here on what he's like. And too, if you just go back to the numbers of his last two years at Florida State, shouldn't be too much of a shock. But just to add this on to the athleticism he showed, I'm sure it was huge. And I just know he probably killed the team interviews as well, just knowing him and his personality. Yeah, I think nice showing is putting it a little lightly because Jarian Jones, I mean, just a a dominant outing out there in the athletic testing. Not only the 4.3840, which was tied for fifth among cornerbacks, but also a 39.5-inch vertical, 10-foot, 9-inch broad jump. And we go back to that RAS score that I was talking about earlier. Jarian Jones comes in number 30 out of – 2,222 cornerbacks from 19, wow. 1987 to 2024. So, I mean, just a fantastic outing for him at the Combine. Looked good in the drills as well. And, you know, he's another one that is absolutely soaring on draft boards, I think, after what he was able to do in Indianapolis and the film that he put out during this final season at Florida State where he was one of the best cornerbacks in college football. And, I think it's pretty simple at this point. Come on here, the spear, and your draft spot, your draft stock is going to go up. And he came in at just a hair under six foot, so you combine that with his with that vertical and that speed. You know, a lot, a lot of people think he's just bound to be a nickel corner in the NFL, which he could be very good at. But I don't see any reason he can't be an outside corner as well with with that speed and size. His size was really good, five foot eleven and seven eight, so just a hair under six foot and one hundred and ninety pounds. 190 pounds, 438. Yeah. It's impressive. Good for Jarian, man. Wait Good till we talk him. about Trey Benson's because just a hair slower <laughs> than Jarian and two. I, I need to look it up. 216. 216. Yes. Unbelievable. Yeah. Trey, we'll talk about it in a second, but Trey definitely did trim up, man, from what he played with last year, too. Um, but yeah, shout out Jarian, man. Uh, uh, that kid's awesome. And he, he's going to end up doing another interview with a new podcast that we're launching under our network with Emily Peters. Um, I, I didn't know that. I just break that, but yeah, yeah. I haven't been told this. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, he's going to be joining her on, I believe, uh, 
I think it's her first episode, actually. So um, outside of her introductory ones. So that one's going to be awesome. And she's got a lot of great questions. It's perfect timing. He can go back and recap the combine with her. So that'll be awesome for everybody to go listen to. Um, Renardo Green, 449 for him. Perfect time. 10 yard split was 1.53. Uh, broad jump 10 10, vertical jump is a 37 and a half. Uh, thoughts on Renardo Green over the, over the announcers gave uh, a lot of love to him. They g- talked about the LSU games and you know him uh, being locked down on a lot of those star wide receivers for LSU. But uh, I-, I thought these two DBs did did more than you know i i had even kind of thought of you know these guys really put on uh, a nice showing up there in indianapolis jarian kind of stole the show but renardo was also very good at the combine putting up some good athletic testing numbers um doing pretty solid in in the on-field drills and i think both these guys you know they're both in a very good range right now to get drafted jarian in that top 100 and i think renardo is absolutely going to be off the board by the end of the fourth yeah i i think he might go earlier than that because teams love press man corners and renardo's one of the best in the draft at it put up a pretty good time at 449 i think that's exactly what he needed none of us ever thought he was going to be a burner but he at least had a show that he had the speed to keep up with nfl receivers 449 is perfect i thought he did exactly what he needed to do to maybe sneak into the that late third round just seems like he's flown under the radar a little bit, but I mean, you are right. If teams look at what he was able to do against LSU and then combine that with the athletic scores that he put up in Indianapolis, there there might be some teams that really fall in love with his skill set. I mean, Lance Zerline with NFL.com has him as FSU's second best prospect, so not everybody's sleeping on him. Yeah, Renardo just put up some tape too. But I I just thought uh, on the field, I thought Jarian looked really good. Yeah. And the drills along with Renardo, they just look clean. And uh, shout out to Coach Sertan, man. You know, a lot of those things they do in practice anyways, but just for them to relay that up there in Indy, I, I just thought they looked really, really tight, good, good on the line too and a few of those drills. Um, really polished, really polished. So, yeah, I think those guys did very well from themselves and probably jolted them up a little bit too. And, some and I'm, still, I'm still mad at Keem Dent didn't get an invite. Like, yeah. He would have put on a good show as well. Yeah, he would have too. Speed, Hakeem Dent's very fast as well. <clears throat> yeah, we're just talking about him, but let's bring up Trey Benson here. We'll start off Oof. with his 40. Yeah, this was wild. I was not. I uh, did not expect this, man. No. I, I wasn't far off. I don't know why, we, why wouldn't we expect it kind of, though. You know, I. We, he shows us on the field. We're like, there's no way he's about to beat that deep. Oh, and he's beating the DB. Oh, he's gone. There's a 70-yard touchdown from Trey Benson. You know, like, that's – but then when you shave it out, when you shave off those pounds down to 216, you're like, mm, okay, but not four, three, nine level. Here we go, Trey Benson. Just cruising. Just cruising. And I want to say, I said, a few, I said a few weeks ago, I thought he could get low 4-4s, four so I wasn't too far off with him getting 4-3-9. He just, at that size, at over six foot, 220 pounds, let's just round up because that's probably what he's going to play at in the NFL. And running the 4-3s, he's absolutely entered that RB1 conversation, especially because Texas's Jonathan Brooks is recovering from an ACL. 
I think Benson's absolutely in that conversation to be the first back off the board. Plus, you have to talk about his ball security as well. No fumbles in his career at Florida State. Yeah, takes care of the ball very nicely. Uh, just freak athlete, freak athlete. And, you know, he puts together what he has on the film and games. Add this to what he did here. You know, I tweeted top two back, confirmed it's over. Um, depends on really now what a room thinks about him on draft day, if they're going to end up taking him as being the first running back off the board. But that would be a huge shout out to Coach Yak, too. Got to give credit there where credit's due. He's done a really good job with Trey Benson, making sure that he fit he fit that scheme well. And the offense, of course, there too with Norvell and, and Coach Atkins, but specifically though, Coach Yak needs a lot of more love. I think Coach Yak was also there in attendance too uh, whenever Trey Benson was going through his uh, workouts as well. But um, yeah, uh, whenever you shave off some of those pounds, he looks like he's in great shape, gentlemen. It was it was unreal to uh, see Trey Benson run at that speed uh, at that weight. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Speaks to the freak he is. And you guys have to think. I mean, you go back. He had a really bad knee injury in high school. He had a really bad knee injury at Oregon, and is still able to go out there and run a four three nine. You know, as long as his medicals checked out and, and everything with what he was able to do um, on the field and in drills, I think he's absolutely going to be a top two running back and it's not going to surprise me if he is the first running back that comes off the board but man Trey Benson I you knew he was fast on the football field but I thought maybe it was more game speed than track speed but yeah. he just looks like a natural right there running the 40 I mean he looks like he, he's been running track his entire life yeah. you also have to throw in a 10 foot two broad jump which there's a lot of athletic running backs in this draft and I think that ended up coming in seventh or eighth as far as broad jumps that's still insanely impressive for a running back to have a 10-foot broad jump yeah 100 percent. just just crazy 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 i mean he was one of the ones i was highlighting going into this combine anyways of just the freakish athlete that he is but really and interested are... to see man i, I want to look at some of these mocks we'll have a lot a whole new round of mocks on monday so from a lot of the national outlets that we'll mm -hmm. probably go jump into on Wednesday night's show and get some updated ones. And I think we're going to see some risers from Florida state football players. Yeah. As of, was... and just, just as of right now, if we go back to that mock draft database, him, Jonathan Brooks and Blake Corm are in that 60 to 65 range. Wouldn't be surprised to see that change just slightly this week. And I was just going to add on Benson, the relative athletic score for him. He came in and came in at, uh, 40 out of 1,745 running backs from 1987 to 2024. So, I mean, that athleticism was reflected. Yeah, 9.77 scores. Pretty good. Yeah, I think so. Probably so. Mm -hmm. And the crazy thing was he was fourth out of Florida State players. <laughs> That's crazy. That's wild. Um, who's a, who, who should we bring up next chronologically-wise? I guess we got Jaheim here. Um Going to him, his 40 was a 4.61. Going to a, just add that with his size, though, and what he came in as uh, he was listed at 241 pounds, 6.2. Uh, 10-yard split, 1.5, a vertical jump of 35, and broad jump at 10.4. Um, got a big score there on his athleticism, but... Uh, thoughts on uh, thoughts on Jaheim Bell here, man. I'm going to bring up a couple clips of him, but uh, thoughts on Jaheim Bell? Tied for the uh, third fastest 40 time among tight ends. Tied for number four 
in uh, the vertical, number three in the broad jump. So, I mean, he really came out and put himself there at the top of his position group. And I think every NFL team knows, <clears throat> you know, when you draft Jaheim Bell, you're not taking a traditional tight end. You're, you're really taking a flex guy and someone that can go out there and be a receiving threat. And uh, he was able to show that with his athleticism. And you can see him right here going through the gauntlet drill. I think he had one drop, but I mean, overall, a pretty solid showing. And uh, Jaheim Bell, another guy from Florida State, you know, Braden Fisk went to the senior bowl and improved his stock. Jaheim Bell had a pretty good showing there as well. And then now carries that into the combine. And, you know, I think teams are talking about him as someone moving up on boards. Yeah, I thought he ran really well. I think his size at six foot two is going to hinder him slightly. You know, even if he's going to be a flex player, teams just like their tight ends at that six four, six five range. So we'll see if that ends up impacting him. I still think he's probably a mid day three guy, like a fifth round pick. Um, I don't think he's done anything to to really change that, in my opinion. One thing highlight from Jaheim Bell, though, a nasty one handed grab. Which if yeah, Coach Jack was still in, <laughs> if here it is, one handed snag. I know a lot of you are listed on the audio side, so y'all might want to flip over to the video side for this week's episode. But here's Jaheim Bell with a nasty one-handed grab. Two feet down, by the way, Rich Eisen. Just let him know. He said in the commentary, and Daniel Jeremiah didn't. They, they both elected that they didn't think he got his feet down. He 100% got both feet down, held onto that ball very nicely, as well as it was overthrown. <clears throat> but yeah, freaky, freaky athletic dude, man. He's he's a stud. Um, and it's just interesting to see where, you know, tight ends, tight ends have jumped so much in the last couple of years for offenses and how they utilize them. And I'm just wondering how that that's been that way since we were talking about Jaheim Bell adding on to this Mike Norvell offense, what they were going to do with them. And I think there was some times where they just had so many playmakers all around to where you just couldn't designate your offense around Jaheim Bell. And I'm interested to see what team can, can work with him and his athleticism because you're not going to rely on him to be a, a blocker. You know, you're going to want to utilize his athleticism and put him out in open space. We'll, we'll see. You know, I, you know, I try to think of uh Debo's Debo's obviously a uh, thinner guy, less weight, everything like that. But, a smart offensive coordinator might be able to put something around that kind of scheme cool. for Jaheim Bell. Yeah. Well, sadly, a lot of offensive coordinators aren't very smart. Um, <laughs> so he's going to, uh, it, it's really going to be team dependent on him. Like if he ends up in San Francisco somehow, perfect. If he <laughs> ends up in Chicago, his career is over. So <laughs> let's hope he goes yeah. to a smart franchise. And I think we have to remember a big reason that Jaheim decided not to play in that Orange Bowl, same thing with Braden Fisk, is because they just weren't quite healthy after getting banged up throughout the year at Florida State. And Jaheim in particular, you know, really limited during the second half of the season. So to have that time off ahead of the Senior Bowl and the NFL Combine, I think now you've, you're really seeing that resurgence of him getting back to full health and able to showcase um, the real athlete that he is. And then – we go over to two more freak athletes, as we saw perform yesterday with Keon County, Keon Coleman, and Johnny Wilson. We kind of knew you know, what we have with Johnny Wilson, knew that since he arrived at Florida State, but then you go over, you only have one year of Keon Coleman. 
I think we'll start off with number one, which was a lot of chatter right off the bat until we got to the gauntlet drill, which we'll bring up here in a second. But Keon Coleman, 4.61 official on the 40-yard dash. Thoughts on that, guys, as uh, we kind of transition into that gauntlet drill where he went over 20 miles per hour, being one of the fastest in the wide receiver room at that uh, drill, which is really impressive. But a 4.61 official, and we know how Twitter and the rivals thought about it. Certainly a disappointing time, and, I, and I'm thinking Keon was expecting to run a little bit faster as well and ended up finishing, I think, the the second worst among the wide receivers participating at the NFL Combine. But I think everyone knows that Keon Coleman isn't a burner receiver, but, I mean, he is someone that goes out there and just produces every Saturday. And uh, if anyone's questioning the speed that he plays with on the football field, I would just remind you to go back and watch the LSU game, watch the Clemson game, um, go watch his punt return against Florida uh, in the regular season finale. There were plenty of times where Keon Coleman showed that he can move wherever he wants to on the football field, whether it's with a 4-4 or a 4-6. But, yeah, then you really got to see it when he got out there in the gauntlet, record the fastest time of any wide receiver going through the drill. And I think it just shows, you know, he had an absurdly low uh, drop rate while he was at Florida State last year. And, and I think that's reflected – um, in that gauntlet drill, really seeing how confident he is with his hands to not slow down. I mean, just move through that in a straight line, got over 20 miles per hour. So um, the 40-yard dash, you know, you can use as a little bit of a detractor on Keon, but that's not the full picture of the story whatsoever. Yeah, I was really surprised with this time. I thought he was going to be, you know, at worst in the mid four fives. To see him in the four six was pretty surprising. But, you know, as Daniel Jeremiah was saying, it's just not his game. He's a pure jump ball receiver that's got great hands. And, you know, he's going to be mainly a red zone target early on in his career. And like Dust was saying, he reflected that in the gauntlet drill. He did really well in some of the drills. I thought his route running on a couple of them could have been refined better, especially on the sale route. Um, but he did, again, he did what he needed to do. I, I thought he could have gotten to the 40-inch vertical mark. He ended up at the 38. Um, I, I think he could get 40 if he wanted to. 20.1 miles per hour on the gauntlet drill here and staying really tight to that line as well. He ran so damn fast that the QB couldn't keep up there at the end and had to throw the ball near the damn sideline, almost hit the media and the cameras, <laughs> camera, <laughs> camera guys over here. Um, but just super speed, just compared though to look at this line compared to Oregon's. Uh, Franklin, and then you look at over here on Keon and how tight he stayed on this line. I thought was really, really impressive at that speed. Like, I can't get any better than that. And, and two, I, I think the, the thing for him, you know, w what does this do? Is he going to be a late first rounder? Is he going to go in the second day? You know, that's going to be something that we're going to be keeping a really close eye on. Is he a first rounder or is he an early second rounder? What do you guys project after this combine for Keon? We'll see what the pro day looks like. It seems like uh, the last couple of weeks, Keon's been kind of in the mix between that fourth to sixth wide receiver off the board. When you're looking at the variety of mock drafts going around, some have him in that 25 to 32 pick range. Some he kind of dips over into the second round. I'm guessing as of now, after this weekend, you know, he's more of in the upper second or second round pick range at this point for teams. But, you know, we'll see what he decides to do on pro day. And I don't think you can overlook his uh, body of work either. Mm -mm. It's going to be 
interesting because there's a ton of teams that need receivers. I mean, if we just start from pick yeah. 22, you have Dallas at 24 who needs a receiver. You could argue Houston at 23 needs a receiver. Uh, Tampa, if they lose Mike Evans, Buffalo, Kansas City, then coming into the second round, Carolina, New England, Arizona, the Chargers, all these teams need to receive the, the, Gi- the Giants at 39. I am curious to see if that 40 time is going to impact him because if you look at a guy like Devontae Adams, who came out about a decade ago, ran a similar time, ended up going in the 50s, and you know, coming out of college, kind of had that same kind of play style, was a little bit shorter at six foot one. I wouldn't be surprised to see Keon fall into that mid-second round just because there's so many good receivers this year. Uh, very clearly the strongest position in this draft, and maybe Keon's just not a certain team's cup of tea. Yeah, and then like Al's saying here on YouTube, still got a pro day. There's some yeah. things that these guys can clean up, and you got a good amount of time, too, to help uh, enhance and improve some numbers and you know if Keon can shave off a little bit there that would be huge for him as well but yeah you're exactly right there it's going to depend too on how quickly these wide receivers get taken and they're going to get taken really quickly in this year's draft for some of these teams that need uh, uh more at that position dealer it's gonna be fun pro day I might have to come up to Tallahassee for that one man this one might actually be worth it to be at standing Ooh. all the way across the field nah. uh, not that fun I will say I still, I still don't think it's going to be worth it, but there will be more people there. The thing but is, we, like, you can't get the, the only reason, the only reason Logan's going on to go is because Mike Tomlin might be there. Oh yeah, no, he's definitely going to be there. Braden Fisk, Jared Verse. There will be some NFL personnel in the house for sure, but you know, it just sucks. We can't take any videos, any photos. Blah, and blah. we can't even really take a good forty time because we're looking at it vertically. Yeah, we're behind the fence. For some reason, I mean, come on, figure yeah. it out. We got to get it together. We got to get it together. Give me a better spot. I just want to get the stopwatch out, man. Want to get it out. I think you and I though were clocking some people like two seconds behind. At the yeah, I tried, like, and then it ain't I, I forget who it was last year. Maybe it was Jamie, or maybe it was um, Ontario Wilson. And I and I tried to do it, and I got yeah. like a. I got like a six one. I'm like, hmm, I don't think that's right. From pokey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not happening. Yeah. You don't really get it. You don't even really get to report too much of a time either because you're just going off of what you just did. And you're like, well, I also don't want to screw over anybody by putting some damn awful number out. So <laughs> the only thing you can really get from is like a scout saying something or a coach, whoever got the number down. But Everybody kind of keeps that to themselves sometimes a little bit. But, um, yeah, big pro day coming up for some Florida State Seminoles. But before we wrap up, Johnny Wilson, big Johnny Wilson, man. Uh, how What did he come in size-wise? Six foot six and was it three eights. five eights? Three eights. Three eights. 231 pounds. Yeah. So here's his 40. Believe he was the tallest wide receiver to ever measure in at the NFL Combine, second to Darren Waller, who was obviously eventually converted to a tight end. Yep. Here's Johnny Wilson running the forty, which that ended up being brought. His unofficial was four five three, ended up being brought down to a four five two. Four five two at you know six seven in cleats. Let's just call it insane. Like that was of all the times we saw this weekend, this one surprised me the most. I would have thought he ran in the four sixes, not Keon. So 
for Wilson to come in at four five two at that size, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Freak. That's what they call a freak. And yeah. he did well in the gauntlet drill as well. I don't think he had any drops that could be wrong. And obviously that's going to be the biggest question mark was with him. Had a very high drop rate. Um, I, th- I thought he had a very impressive showing this weekend. I really did. Here he is in a gauntlet drill. I don't Staying recall him line as well. I don't recall him dropping anything during the on-field drills that I was watching. And, and he made some tough catches. Yeah. And I mean, obviously that's the biggest question with Johnny Wilson is are his hands going to consistently be there? And from this showing, you know, he, he did himself some positives. Didn't always see that at the senior bowl. And I think, you know, that was probably on his mind coming into this one to put on a good showing in front of all these, all these uh, NFL personnel. And he absolutely did that. And then you go and look at the athletic testing and not only with the, uh, the four five two forty at his size, but, also a 37-inch vertical and a 10-foot, 8-inch broad jump and a 4.11-second shuttle time, which was number four among receivers, but it's just nuts for his size. That that shuttle time alone is going to end any of the tight end conversion stuff that we've kind of been hearing over the last month or so. With with that speed and that shuttle time, I'm pretty sure he's going to be a receiver at the next level, at least for the first couple of years. And he set the uh, combine record for – uh, wingspan for a uh, receiver. Oh, yeah. Probably. It was over seven foot. <laughs> Absurd. So someone's going to fall in love with Johnny Wilson. I mean, there's just there's too many qualities that you can't teach that he brings to the table, and it, it's hard to see him making it out of the top 100 as well. Yeah, he'll be a quarterback's favorite. He will. We saw it. There was two years at Florida State. You know, we saw it in practice. Saw Jay Trav going to him all the time. That range is just absolutely nuts. And two, when you go to the NFL teams, when they get in that red zone, they they, they want to score. So go to like well, the Buccaneers here in Tampa. You know, I was just about team. to say he he feels like a buck. He he just has that feel to him. And look at the draft; they got to pick towards the end of the third round at eighty nine. I think that'd be a good fit. Yeah, I think Baker would like going to him. I think that would work. As you know, get, figure out what's going on here with Mike Evans. Think you know the Bucks still want to keep him here no matter what. But still, <clears throat> there are some teams interested in Mike, as they should be. Um, one of the best to do it right now in the wide receiver room. But, you know, adding some more in, the two, I think they still are interested in adding some more talent there anyways. But just depends on where Johnny is available-wise for some of these teams. But um, Keon, Keon has been talked about a ton, too, and a lot of boards here in Tampa Bay for the Bucks as well. So, um I just needed Noel, man, and Trey Benson, too, has been talked a lot, too, with adding him along with Rashad White and the Bay. So all I'm doing here, I'm doing some recruiting. I need a Noel in the locker room. I got to start building my NFL sources. We got some things to do. So we're going to year three, covering the Bucks. So just need someone to do it. Jason Light, let's get it done. Or if we got to go to Pittsburgh, we go to Pittsburgh. We'll see what, we'll see what we got to do. But um yeah, Joe, man, any other thoughts? We saw NFL Combine 40 record. Xavier Worthy for 4.21. Congrats to him, man. That is friggin' fast. It's always, fast. it's always fun watching someone when they break a Combine record like that. Yeah. He was flying, too, and he saw the time that he just ran around the entire field. He just kept <laughs> running at full speed. I thought that was pretty cool. d what do you think you'd run in the 40? Probably like a seven eight. 
<laughs> Are you pulling blow. up any? You pulling up at like a 25? I think I'd blow my Achilles like about 28 yards in, give or take, and have to limp there, to the finish line. There was one of the offensive linemen today. I don't know who it was because I had it on a side screen. He like pulled his hamstring at like the 25-yard mark. I'm like, oh, man, I felt so bad. Yeah, that's got to blow. There was a question here about Johnny Wilson if finishing the drills. I didn't get to watch specifically uh, yesterday fully. Was he – were y'all seeing uh, – I, I, I think he's fine. I think he finished the drills. Okay. I don't know if I would I dialed into that specific, but yeah. I he was know. going he was going through the ones that I was watching. You have to keep in mind FSU basketball was on yesterday and after they lost, I had to sulk for a little bit. So uh <laughs> I wasn't That's exactly true. watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, man, dude, I I I I I, are, I love the combine. It's like almost like Christmas Day for me. I know it's the same for you guys. But it's just super fun, definitely, when you've got all these FSU guys up there and you give it a full-on excuse to just get sit back, relax, get to put out some tweets and just watch these guys dominate. And uh, a lot of these guys help their draft stock. And there's still some guys, too, that maybe they want to clean up some things. Guess what? You can do that in pro day. Some guys still got some big testing to do with some numbers as well and 40-yard dash that we'll see. But uh, I think for a few guys, though, they've certified a few things. They don't have to do much on pro day, and they can just do some talk and have some meetings with some a few teams and scouts. Um, don't really need to show much more, but uh, well, interested to see if Keon Coleman decides to do the 40. Again, that's something I'd be monitoring going into pro day. We have that date too, right, d -Lou? Um, I have it, but I don't have it. <laughs> I got it, I think. I think I got it. I tweeted it. But yeah, where's it, it at? Is, um, it is Friday, March 22nd. March 22nd. So, And also, we'll get to mention it on the podcast on Wednesday again, but we will have an open tour of duty showing this upcoming uh, Thursday, Thursday, March 7th. Ooh. So not this Wednesday, but the following Wednesday, we'll get to talk some TOD. I won't be here. I'll be off the grid. I oh, have well. a week off from the show then. Um, maybe, d -Lou, maybe a, I think a good idea for you is like whoever you're with or something, do like a little video recap or something like that. Maybe something would be good and we can upload that yeah. on YouTube. We're probably not doing that at 6 a.m. <laughs> We're probably not doing that, but we'll, we'll definitely take some notes. <laughs> uh, you heard it here first. Hey, chat. Subscribers, Dilu's not giving y'all a scoop. He's saving it two two weeks from now. You have to hear about the, uh, or you can hear from his recap. He'll have a recap out there. For I you. just, I don't like to get on video before nine a.m. on a weekday because it's just, it's not good for anybody. You're scared what you look like? I'm scared of what other people are going to see. What I look like? Yeah, I, I've seen it early before. It's very scary. <laughs> yeah, not fun. So we don't want that. <laughs> Uh, VZ, do you want to run us through some quick NBA updates from some stars that are quick. out? Definitely. Yeah, yeah it's, it was a busy week for some NBA Knowles. Uh, Patrick Williams is out for the season with a stress fracture, stress fracture in his left foot. He hadn't played since late January. They had initially called it a bone marrow issue. Um, then some further imaging revealed that it's a stress fracture. He's having to have surgery. Sucks for Pat, you know, especially in a contract year where he's Trying to get a pretty big contract, if we're to believe the rumors from the preseason. It's going to be a little bit tough heading into the offseason where he hasn't 
really made any progress statistically. Um, we'll see what kind of contract he can get. Scotty Barnes just broke a bone in his hand, what was that, two nights ago uh, against the Warriors. He's out indefinitely, probably out for the season, if we had to guess. Uh, some better news, Trent Forrest on a full contract with the Atlanta Hawks. Raekwon Gray got a two-way contract with the Spurs. And then arguably the biggest news, former Nolan ACC champion Jeff Peterson has become the general manager or director of basketball operations for the Charlotte Hornets um, at just 35 years old, really young for, for an NBA executive. Is that quick enough? I think it was beautiful. I, I think was I great. got it all. Yeah, that was gorgeous. Do you want to bring up any uh, FSU current basketball? Any? Uh, maybe the the NC State game Tuesday was fun. <laughs> That's all I got. Anything outside of that? Yesterday sucked. Yesterday <laughs> was not fun because <laughs> they just they can't win in Atlanta and they can't win in Pittsburgh either, which they play there on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. uh, two games left in the regular season, then they go to DC for the ACC tournament, and that'll probably it for the season we'll see we'll see we'll see who knows right who knows what uh, anything can happen especially in this year's acc where the whole league is just crap mm -hmm. uh anything could happen next week yeah but yeah i think that's gonna wrap it up for this uh week's episode like i said y'all gonna see us just in a few days on wednesday evening as we look ahead into some spring camp stuff i think we'll be previewing into some offense so uh, we'll have a jam-packed show for you guys on Wednesday. And then next week, we won't have an episode. It's spring break. I won't be here. So I'm going to have a week off. And then we're jumping, flying into spring football. Uh, we're already here, man. It, it, it's wild. Um, but we've got a lot to talk about. And uh, we'll be mixing that in with hearing some, some mock drafts after what the Florida State Seminoles did up there in Indianapolis this past week. But as always, you can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. If you're on YouTube right now, before you leave, hit that like button, share with your friends, subscribe so you get notified every time release a new episode. That's going to do it. Uh, we got a guest on Wednesday night's episode two. So one of those guys that performed and put on a nice showing as well will be joining us on Wednesday evening. A fan favorite. I really I really became a big fan favorite after the Orange Bowl uh, with him, but I think a lot of FSU fans are going to love this one, so make sure you guys are ready prime at 7 o'clock with our special guest. But everybody, have a great rest of y'all's Sunday. Have a great start to your week, and we'll see y'all just in a few days on Wednesday at 7 p.m. Peace.